We're back. We're back. Your voice is sounding better. Oh, good. We just recorded a Patreon up. Mm-hmm. If you, you want to hear um, Nika in deep post-partying <laughs> recovery, <laughs> subscribe to the Patreon because <laughs> your voice um, seems to have healed yeah. in the time it took to record that. It does seem to have healed. <laughs> I, I, I still hear it a little bit. I do too. But not nearly to the same extent. Yeah. Mistakes. Ow. How are you feeling just in general post Mexico? Um <clears throat> hungover from obviously doing MDMA, which going back on an MDMA break for the foreseeable future. Um <laughs> that's a good, always a good call. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to be doing this to my brain. Um, I mean, happy that I was there, obviously having like post-trip blues because it was so fast. It was like such a carry. Um, but I also knew that going into it. So the whole time I was there, I wasn't even really thinking about how short of a trip it was. Yeah. Like I was just in the moment, which was really fun. Um, gorgeous gorgeous girls love to stay present yes um, I took like no photos I really never brought my phone out with me um, was just there um, yeah went into it thinking that I was gonna like get corked and porked and <laughs> ended up just spending all of it dancing my ass off made new friends which was fun but like spent less time than I'm used to talking to people and more time just dancing um, which I really appreciated um, if you want to know anything else, just go listen to the Patreon episode. <laughs> yeah, um, we're back in we're back in our proverbial feelings. <laughs> um, and... one of us is. It's not me. Um, <laughs> um uh-huh. you know, crushes are called crushes for a reason. They leave you feeling crushed. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's all we're gonna give you anymore. You're gonna have to. Go behind the paywall. Go behind the paywall. Um, but no, I mean, it was amazing. It yeah, was, it looked amazing. It was. It was crazy. Even like, you know, we talked about this on the Patreon, but people were complaining about the trek there, which I'm just like, y'all are psychos. Like, what a psychotic thing to complain about. Like, we were literally on boats, on little speedboats in like the middle of Mexico, like underneath the stars at four in the morning <laughs> with like gorgeous mountains and mansions behind us. Like... Who cares if it was a track? Like, it was gorgeous. Yeah. So for any listeners that don't know, Nika went to a music festival in Puerto Vallarta. Yes, called Soma Square Festival. Um, And like the festival, the music portion, like you had to go from your accommodations to the festival via boat, right? Yeah. Well, via car and boat. That was the one thing that like, I wish that we, we were, most of us were like a 40 minute taxi ride from, oh, wow. from Boca. Anyone who thought it was going to be smooth sailing is crazy to me. I was expecting way worse a than first what. first year festival is never smooth sailing. Yeah, no. When the music cut out, I was like, yeah, have any of you. So for anyone who wants to know what I'm talking about, the second night there, the music cut out three separate times for a few minutes. Um, and it's because the generator kept running out of gas. But I'm like, clearly none of you have been to like, I don't know, a fairy gathering or like anything where you're like in the woods trying to put on shows like that yeah i guess the like the reasonable counterpoint to that is that like 
when you're just bare bones trying to put together something yourself, it's like, yeah, shit doesn't work totally. out. But when you paid ticket prices, it's like a different story. For sure. I didn't pay for my ticket, you know? So I was like, <laughs> my ticket was the trans scholarship fund. So I was like, I had no complaints because I was like, this was free for me. I'm just along for the ride. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So totally. I'm sure if I had paid $300 for a ticket, I would have been livid. Yeah. But um, I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm so free. glad to have you back. Same. I'm I glad was, to be back. I was going to... So while you were gone, um, on Saturday, I had like a, like maybe like three or four different options of like things I could go do that all started at like the time that you and I usually go out each weekend, like yeah. between like 11 p.m. and like 1 a.m. was when like... Um, a lot of these things were just getting going. Yeah. And by 9 p.m. on Saturday, I was like, oh, I'm not leaving. And so I had my first like proper like Saturday in in oh, a yeah. really long time. And I forgot how good it feels sometimes to know that there's like true carries happening around you and that you like could leave at any time and still not be late to it at like even at like 3 a.m. Yeah. But I was like, nah, I'm going to like mm-hmm. sit here and watch my stories mm-hmm. and get get some sleep. Um, I cooked myself, I think, like a grilled cheese and tomato soup. Like I was just Gorge. like in and I just, you know, for those of you who are um, we have a few listeners who are like, how do y'all do it? Like, mm-hmm. I'm such a homebody. I'm like, still a party girl through and through, but I um, have a renewed, profound sense of appreciation for Jomo. Yeah. I um, I slept for like half of the last party on Sunday at the party and it was great. They had like a little like swinging bed. <laughs> upstairs and i was like i'm ex- i like want to be here but i'm exhausted and i just slept listening to Ugh, sleeping at the function is my yeah. favorite thing to do yeah just i love to that i love napping while hearing like people nearby partying it was really cute it's one of my favorite yeah. things yeah often i will like nap at like afters and people are like oh my god are you tired do you need me to call you a car like they think I'm like crashing for the yeah. for the night or for the day or whatever and I'm like no 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 I like like drifting off hearing my friends like talk and dance and like have fun nearby yeah was, is that crazy no it was so cute it feels very safe to me yeah I really enjoyed it um yeah yeah well anyway anyway um we just recorded with glow job we did Drag queen extraordinaire, um, a New York City local legend. If you live in New York, you may have seen her biking past you in her yes. full, like, pleaser heels, like, drag getup. Um, because she'll just bike from gig to gig in her entire look, not yes. even change her shoes, which m- might be the cause of her recent injury <laughs> that she doesn't take her feet out of that position, even for strenuous tasks, but, um, an icon nonetheless. Yes. Um, great episode, great episode, great interview, very excited. Um, and if you live in New York, um, this Friday, March 4th, we're having a benefit show, um, to basically raise money for Glow Job to live off of while she recovers from her um snapped Achilles heel injury. And I will be doing stand up on that show. Um, it's at 6 30 at House of Yes, Friday, March 4th. But anyway, look forward to that interview. 
um, later on in the episode. And if there's some sound coming in in the background, it's because we're recording with the window open for the first time in months. Yes. Because it's so beautiful. Because it's almost spring, y'all. Um, should we segment? Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. I mean, one keepsake was having our dear friends, Kevin and JT, really taking care of me <laughs> while I was feeling quite ill um, <laughs> coming up on Molly. Um, I didn't ask them to. I just, we were on the dance floor and I felt it happening and I like touched like JT's arm and was like, I'm going to the beach. I'll be back. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, but like, I'm okay. But like, no, like I need to go throw up. And he was like, do you want me to come with you? And I was like, only if you don't mind, but Carrie Nation is on right now. We came here to dance. So like, you can go dance. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm coming. And then Kevin came with him and we all went to the beach and they just took care of me as I kept apologizing through <laughs> throwing up, kept saying sorry that I was throwing up and was like crying because I was embarrassed that I was in quotes, that girl um, at the party. Just so dumb because like... <laughs> This is what happens like when people do drugs sometimes they like get sick. It's like so funny to me that like faggots get G'd out and don't have any shame about it. And I for the next two days was like, oh, that's how everyone's going to remember me at Somos. <laughs> no one was looking. Um, so them just taking care of me for like, I don't know, close to an hour was extremely sweet. Just knowing that I have friends that I can feel safe with that are there for me. I mean, I already know I have those friends, but finding that I have more of those friends was really nice. Um, Finding out that you're popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> popular, popular girl. <laughs> um, dancing my ass off during the Carrie Nation set, like being like a dance floor doll, like literally dr- people were like, were you just in the ocean? And I was like, no, this is sweat. <laughs> like dripping in sweat was another keepsake. Just I've never danced like that on a dance floor before. Um and what else um just like well our friend delilah was there being with her um is like a really big keepsake she stayed with us and we've been friends for a while but i wouldn't say we've been like that close um and it was like nice to finally have a one-on-one time and bond like really hard both like over being like dolls and just like life stuff in general that's not necessarily like rooted in some kind of trauma my mistake uh okay (laughs) so this is my mistake um on saturday night i like threw up as i was coming up on molly then i like threw up again after i was dancing because i think i was dehydrated and then when the music the music like cut out like a third time at like 4 30 which Carrie was only supposed to go till four, but they were going to go till sunrise. Mm -hmm. So the music cut out and everyone was like, all right, we're leaving. Like the music has cut out too many times. We're not wait. Like we don't even know if this can be fixed. Let's get to the boats. So we're all walking to the boats and I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to throw up again. And so like, as we're walking to the boats, like one of our friends is like holding me. I'm like throwing up over here. I kind of get bounced like back and forth in between like my friends and then people I don't know, but who like, know me because they've been there all weekend but like we have not had moments together so I'm like I don't even know who you people are and they're like trying to like 
essentially they're just essentially acting like I'm more fucked up than I am. I was like very lucid, but like had just thrown up and was like, okay, I just like need to get back to my friends who are like three rows behind you. And they're like holding my hand and are like, where are her shoes? And like, where's her bag? Like, sweetie, like, do you know where your shoes are? And I was like, yeah, my shoes are in my fucking tote bag that my friends have. And if you'd let me go, I could go get it from them, my actual friends. (laughs) Like said that. And I was like, I'm fucking good. Like, leave me alone. And they were like, okay. And I was like, but thanks. And then went to my friends and then... For the rest of the walk there, I could hear them talking shit about me. And then oh my talking god, what shit. did they say? They were calling me a bitch and was like, we were just trying to help her. Like, she didn't have to be such a fucking bitch about it. And I was like, not wrong, but also like, you were just like treating me like I was like this like really fucked up. I threw up because I was dehydrated. Yeah, I danced really hard and I sweated out a bunch of the fucking water that was in my system. That was all. Uh-huh. Like. Just don't treat me like I'm like stumbling around or like slurring my words. Like <laughs> I had my shoes off because I didn't feel like walking back with shoes on because we were like walking on sand. <laughs> like I love um, defensive, like <laughs> defensive about being too fucked up, Nika. <laughs> Just annoying. Like, <laughs> no, off. I mean it's. I am on your side, but I'm also like I can fully picture this happening, and then you being like, "Fuck, I really overdid it back there," just because they like triggered the like, "Are you a fucking yeah. mess?" Yeah, no, they did. Hey, and sweetie, I, are you a fucking? Well, they mess? did, and it was like you know, my hair was like dripping in sweat from dancing. I also was covered in sand because <laughs> I kept running off the stage to go swim in the ocean because I was sweating so much, and then like running back up to the stage dripping in water and like sand all over me Uh because I would like roll around in the sand on Molly and then run up back to the stage and there were people being like is she like covered in sand (laughs) (laughs) right now did she just like go swimming by herself you're like Like, sorry you've never seen someone live in the fucking moment I was like we're on a beach festival why are you not covered in sand yourselves from the shackles of societal expectations I was like what like why are you not being as fucking unhinged as I am right now. We're on the beach in Mexico. Go jump in the water, roll around in the sand, and then go back and dance on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, also my final keepsake is that as I was dancing really hard, those girls that I was telling you about, this like crew of like super hot lesbians who I bonded with, were watching me dance and were just like, she's, I heard them say, she's so cute. She dances just like Britney Spears in her Instagram videos. <laughs> And I was like, wait, you're so right. Just like shifting your weight back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Just like <laughs> doing little spins. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> um, I love um that. and then my hot take is is that if we're gonna have a festival where we're like baking in the sun and also doing a bunch of drugs and like we're on an island so we can't like go to a store, make sure that there's free water. Yeah. There were too many people throwing up and being really dehydrated not because they weren't hydrating but because they just a lot of them couldn't because either like they'd run out of like money or they were like too fucked up to like run up to the bar but like the water was expensive in general yeah you know that was on us for not um preparing more but also like yeah have free water please yeah, I mean, that tends to be my my issue with a lot of these queer music festivals, which I love and I will keep attending. I didn't attend this one, but, you know, like in theory, yeah. I will keep attending the ones that come my way. Um, I understand that like the ticket prices are what they are to cover like 
existing costs as it is. But like if you're going to charge multiple hundreds of dollars for a festival um, and it's a festival that, you know, people are going to be doing drugs at and like dancing at and like letting loose and like letting go of their inhibitions or whatever. um, I think just having infrastructure in place that's included in the ticket price to keep people healthy. Yeah. Um, is like super important. Totally. And so, yes, like in Mexico, I understand it's not the same as like having free water at a festival that's taking place in the U S because you can't just like be like, Oh, well it's the tap water. If you want bottled water, you have to buy it, but there is free tap water. Like that just isn't an option. Yeah. And so I, I totally understand that. But like even, um, at Honcho camp out, like one of my biggest, um, you know, ways that it could improve. Like I fucking love honcho camp out, but like you're already charging people a lot of money and you know that people are just like, they're entering like woods mode (laughs) when they go in there. Like they're going to be doing acid all day and just like probably a bunch of other things too. And just like dancing and losing track of time. Have just free snacks you yeah. don't even need to have free meals well, that was a, that, i felt that way too because like the food was fucking expensive obviously we're on a resort the food was expensive it's like they had like pizzas and like mm, and you're like okay we're burritos. in mexico the food shouldn't be expensive uh, uh, that's one of the whole points of well, going to mexico and there was another well this happened too where like one of our friends like you know and they were like listen like this is on me like i'm an adult and i should have like eaten more today it's no one's fault that this is happening but like they were on drugs they'd only eaten once that day this was on saturday night like towards like the middle part of the night and their blood sugar started crashing. Like they were like getting sick and one of our friends went to go order food for them, but the food was taking so long because there were so many people and everyone was ordering food. And on my acid, half a type of acid that I took, I decided to hyper fixate on like taking care of this friend. And I like literally ran up and down this fucking resort beach area. Like, eight times over the course of an hour asking anybody if they had a granola bar or a snack or Mm. anything and no one until I found like our close friends had anything and then our close friends classic our crew to be like yeah "Yeah, we have snacks yeah and then our close friends were like we're running to them right now to like go give them food but I that was also a moment where I was like I don't feel super comfortable in this environment right now that like I know there's like a medic here but like it was just it it was weird. I was like, I wish that there was like more accessibility here for the carry Basic that needs. we're trying to have. Well, that's the thing. Like the, you know, as two people that like have recently really fallen head over heels in love with like all the things that queer nightlife brings people's like all the fulfillment and love and joy and community and just like catharsis. There's like so much about queer nightlife that like, the only reason that I have criticisms of it is because I love it so much and I want it to be as good as it could possibly be. And I think that it's like, there's so much potential for it to be, um, like there, it already is such a saving grace for so many people in so many different ways. And there's so many, so much potential for it to be even better. And like, Personally, I'm just trying to get more like well-read and learned in terms of harm reduction specifically. Yeah. Because if these spaces, part of part of these spaces is like destigmatizing mind-altering substances. Yeah. And part of destigmatizing them is also knowing how to like fully deal with 
the full reality of them. And food and water is like a really, really basic way to like mitigate so much of the negative things that can happen. Totally. Um, there's obviously a bunch of other negative things that could happen. And I'm not saying that food and water fixes it all, but these are often, these are spaces that do have like fentanyl test strips and they do have like Narcan and they do have all these like kind of more like severe yeah. precautions. But I'm like, okay, what about the really, really basic shit? Like I think nowadays is such a good example of a space that is like really cultivating. Like how are the ways that we can make, yeah, queer nightlife and nightlife in general like just the best it can be and they have a water station that is never run out it's never. not hard to find it's not in front of or behind anything else important like yep. you, it's just like here's where you hydrate yeah and they always have food of some kind yeah and like they have free food at like the 24-hour parties yeah like just basic shit that like they, they have calculated it into the prices of these things that like if we're gonna do this we have to do it right yeah and we have to take care of everybody because not everyone's gonna remember to take care of themselves and a lot of people are drawn to these spaces because they're not very good at taking care of themselves because they like losing themselves in in a moment and i think that's great i'm not even criticizing that but if you're putting those events on you should like have that in mind a little bit, in my opinion. No, I agree. And I'm not even talking about Somos. I wasn't there, but I'm just jumping off of your point about water. That yeah. That's something that can be kind of applied to like a general yeah. hot take for nightlife. Not just about, queer nightlife. The only thing about Somos that would make me... I feel like... I mean, I only went to Somos because Carrie Nation was performing. Like if Carrie Nation were not performing, I... Would, I don't think most of us, you know, would have gone. We like followed Vicky and Carrie Nation there. Yeah. So if they're not there next year, I definitely won't go again. And like the main reason is just how much of a trek it was to get there, not the trek itself. But I had a panic attack on Saturday night, like a legitimate panic attack, where I was like, if I or anyone here had a life-altering medical issue, that was my issue. Even even too. with a medic here. Yeah. And I got really mad at myself for not thinking about this prior to getting there or like during the day when I was sober and I didn't talk to anyone about it because I didn't want to like, you know, harsh anyone's high. So I was just like lost in my head about it. But I was like, we would die. Like yeah. we're on a fucking island that t- it's like a 20 minute boat ride and then another 20 minute boat ride. Like where I we would just die on this beach. And so I'm like, I love partying. I love this party scene that I'm in. But I'm like. I want to be more mindful of like which of these like festivals I'm going to. Well, I think like outside of even just festivals, I think a really this is something that was instilled in me by my dad. Um, and I, I've been like taking it so much more seriously in my adulthood, especially as, you know, just like mortality hits us harder and harder. Um, and I just I think have become more and more of a responsible person everywhere I go. The two things that I make sure I know, especially before I start doing drugs or getting fucked up in any way, are where are the emergency exits if it's an indoor thing Mm -hmm. and where is the nearest hospital? It's just like good to know those things. And I think it's important for more of us um, to bring that attitude into like the spaces that we party in and occupy yeah I mean it's good to just like have these kinds of things in mind even if you're not someone who's partying and doing drugs like it's just good to know where your exits and hospitals are either way yeah because often the exit sign thing is like that's 
that's applicable even when you're just in a movie theater and you're like completely sober. It's just good to know how to get the fuck out of this box that you're in. And like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't think about that kind of stuff until it there is an emergency. Yeah. Let me start with my keepsake. My keepsake this week is I'm in the process of rekindling a very important friendship to me that um, like for the last couple of years, we've really like taken a lot of space from each other, um, but they really are like one of my best friends in this life. And I have um, missed having them around a lot. And it's been really nice over the last week to like start hanging out again and like start regular regularly talking again and it feels very natural and it feels like no time has passed but it's also like really good that we did take that time from each other I think um to be like the best we've both like grown a lot and become better versions of ourselves and I think that's sometimes really necessary um and like Truly, you're one of the people who, when I first fell out with this person, you and I were becoming better friends at that time, um, two years ago, mm-hmm. exactly. And one of the things you said to me, referencing one of your best friends that you've had a couple fallings out with, um, you were like, sometimes it, like you just like, what is meant for your friendship isn't that like the friendship is ending. You just like have to take time apart to like become people that are like, gonna be better friends to each other yeah and I remember you saying that to me even at the time and that has stuck with me ever since um but it was like really hard to internalize in the first like six months of not being friends with that person because it felt so final at the time but it is so true that like once you do like make up with someone and rekindle things and you actually did do the work to become like better people and you actually did like make amends with each other and properly like work on the things that were an issue between you yeah um that that time is like vital the time that you took apart from each other like you can't you can't do all of that without taking the time apart sometimes um so that's my keepsake is that that was something that was like weighed heavy on me more last year and this past year I've been able to kind of like live my life a little bit more um uninhibited by it while still really missing that friend Um, but it's nice to like, it's coming a little bit more full circle and like, I don't know what's in store for us, but it is nice to know that like, we are friends and whatever that ends up meaning as far as how close we are or whatever, um, isn't at the moment, like what's important to me. I'm just like relieved that this person is still in my life and that like, we still share, the thing that like is so special between us. Yeah. Um, my hot take, um, a little dystopian, but, um, I don't think it's like too alarmist to like bring this to people's attention in case people haven't been thinking about this. But I think that there, and actually our dear friend Trinity is one of the people who like, put this into words I was already thinking about it but like I was on the phone with Trinity um last night and she just like referenced this and I was like wait you're so right that's exactly what I've been thinking that like there's a lot of really um meaningless internet trends that are like not even that fun or funny or interesting that like are making people just kind of willfully give up 
like data on themselves. TikTok specifically, a good example is that right now there's this trend where you like take your like uh, back camera and like hold it up to your eye and like show like a really high quality image of your eye. And it's like not there's like no. <laughs> there's like no like funny reason. There's no like it's literally just like a sound like the sound goes from one sound to another sound. So for the first sound, it's like the blurry front, front camera version of your eye. No. And for the second sound, it's like the like high quality like retina scan of your eye. Jensie was supposed to save us. And so like and then there's this other trend that is so stupid. And it's once again, it's just like this is what all my profiles look like. And it's like people oh showing God. themselves front front on and then like a three-fourths profile oh, and then a full stop. profile. And like you're giving mug shots of yourself to the Chinese government? <laughs> like, what is happening? And like, listen, we're all fucked. We're all online. Yeah, it's, but that's crazy. But, but there's just like a lot of like Mm-mm. weird, subtle things where I'm like, I don't know. I'm even sort of wondering if... um it's that good of an idea to be too uh, open about like all of your astrological signs because people can like manufacture that information to like they can technically ascertain your exact birth date yeah. with that information and even your birth location yeah. which is essentially your birth certificate information yeah you know like and i'm i know that that's like i'm going Uh, overboard with that one I don't want to sound too conspiracy theorist but like just things like that I think almost like warm us up to like sharing like I I posted this joke on TikTok that was like I'm pretty sure if it was a trendy enough sound a lot of you would be uploading your social security numbers like that that like like I just am worried so my hot take is like let's have a little bit more um just be a little bit more mindful of that. And I know that I say that as somebody like we both are two people who um, do sex work under our government names. Yes. So like we're not we're not smarter than any of you. No. I'm just more like kind of raising some alarm bells. Um, like how much do you need to do that trend and yeah. how much of your like data is the trend taking? I guess it's my but, you know, have fun out there, kids. We're all going to die. It's fine. Yeah. Um, my mistake this week, I, um, well, there was just like a couple times where I let myself get too frazzled and overwhelmed by like life. Um, and there's no like huge mistake. Like I had a pretty tame week, but I definitely had a couple days where like half the day was taken up by me kind of feeling like very doomsday which I think is fair given the state of the world I'm not like gonna beat myself up for feeling like sad and overwhelmed by a global pandemic and a world war breaking out and like us possibly getting like nuked by Russia imminently like you know I'm not gonna say that it's a mistake to feel overwhelmed by that but my mistake has definitely been um I've like just let myself kind of backslide into like bad habits that don't even make me feel better. Yeah. So like if I'm going to feel like shit, I might as well like try to still like live my life. And I was um, in like paralysis depression mode for a couple days. Mm -hmm. So that was my quote unquote mistake. Once again, I don't think that I was reacting wrong. No. But um, 
it's definitely not helping anybody, least of all myself, to just kind of like waste away. No, totally. I mean, yeah, I feel you. I feel the same way. I've also been in that um, mind, state of mind, wallets almost. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I was kind of wondering what it was like to be in a music festival setting, like truly two days after Russia invaded Ukraine. I like cried a few times by myself on the dance floor as I was dancing, thinking about it, both feeling guilty and then also like feeling guilty and being like, ugh, we're all so fucking annoying. Like, look at us. We're like all here like uncing right now calling like, ooh, this is church. This is the dance floor that we like paid like $300 plus, 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 plus to be at. Well, you didn't, but well, I didn't. Theoretically, but all of you yes. did, <laughs> minus the like fifteen trans girls here. Uh huh. Um, you know, which I don't, I don't disagree with that. Like, it is magical. Our life is beautiful, but just like in that moment, I was like, ugh, we are those people. Um, but yeah, but and then just like stuff that's been stressing me out in my own life. Obviously, it like follows you on vacation. Uh-huh. So I just kept having moments like. When we were, like, on, like, the boat to the second boat launch on Saturday, like, being, like, in an absolute foul mood over, like, stuff that was, like, out of my control in that moment. And then being, like, okay, but, like, look at where you are right now. Like, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. But the Ukraine stuff definitely kept hitting me while I was there. I, like, couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was, like, jarring. Well, I mean, in the defense of, like, going to the dance floor when the world is in that kind of state is, like, people are still going to church. Like, it is truly, for a lot of us, like, our spiritual um, outlet and our, like, connection with our own introspection and, like, you know, crying on the dance floor about Ukraine is, I think, an important part of, like, being a person that is feeling any kind of empathy in this world, especially one with like so little power or control in this like situation. Yeah. And even in the things that we can do, um, it's really hard to do those things and it's unsustainable to do those things without also like taking care of and nourishing your own soul. And I don't say that to be like, so it's fine if you like never think about it again and go like club and like, you know, there are people that I think are kind of like grossly partying in spite of everything. Yeah. Um, But I don't think that it's like inherently bad to like keep on with those parts of your life. Like you have to um, you have to maintain the joy the joyous parts of your life, if you're going to show up in any meaningful way for the misery yeah. of the world, I think. Totally. Could be several things. I, um, I mean, to stay on like the slightly more lighthearted side of the spectrum, um, some of the kind of gross um, social media reactions about what's happening in Ukraine. For example, that woman who like posted that video that was like, Putin, if I was your mother. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, what was her name again? I don't remember. If you haven't seen this video... um. 
highly, highly recommend if you need a good laugh, but it was not intentionally funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Anna Lynn McCord, a blue checkmark um, liberal that fights against sex trafficking. So you know that she's probably insufferable. Um, if <laughs> posted a video saying dear Mr. President Vladimir Putin and it's like a poem about how if she were his mother yes <laughs> she would have like loved him enough that he wouldn't turn out to be this like hateful person if I were your mother your world would be warm <laughs> <laughs> yeah um which like okay I do think that there is something to be said about like that um a lot of the atrocities in this world are committed by by people that like traumatize people and like hurt people hurt people like I don't think like in, in that way I do um oh my god what's her fucking name the one who ran for president that everyone would Marianne Williams Marianne Williams her. yes I was almost called her Marianne Webster <laughs> Marianne <Love> Webster <laughs> um Marianne Williams gets a lot of shit um, for being kind of one of those woo-woo people that's like, we're going to heal the world with love. I love her when she just posts like a photo of a bird and just goes, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I do think that we do, we need the people out there who think that the world can be healed with love. Marianne Williams, come to your gathering. Marianne Williams, come on the pod. Marianne Williams, come on the pod. Come on the pod. Like truly come on the, come pod. On the pod. Let's talk about the misconception that you apparently like told people with AIDS to like heal themselves with like meditation yeah. isn't that not true it's not true didn't it turn out to be like yes that was like falsified? the k-hive that made that up because the k-hive is so fucking insane <laughs> they should be putting straight jackets yeah they can't tweet ever again um so marianne <laughs> come on the pod but anyway i just think that like even though there is a time and a place to be like yes let's heal the world with love um i don't know if addressing a war criminal that's currently bombing another nation is like as like the person that you want to like pour all of your love into yeah is like fully the vibe at the moment totally (laughs) i don't know how much i would appreciate that being the energy that you're spending on this if i were like a person fleeing kiev right now yeah um so anyway i would say that that's like you know a small fuck up of the week in the grander scheme of um the larger fuck up being that a war just started another war i want to say a lot of people yes. keeping like there's a war happening for once and like there's let's talk to the children of yemen maybe before we say shit like that um and also there was a third world war already it just happened in africa and so people don't count it and let's maybe have some introspection about why it is that we only count world wars when europe is involved or america is involved okay well on that note uh we have a very exciting interview with um a friend of the pod and friend of the friends yes um, and we think you're really going to like it. So get into Glow Job. Get into it. Hello, Glow Job. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing the podcast. This is so exciting. Yeah. How are you today? I'm doing well. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for doing it. Here. Thanks for um, making mistakes in life <laughs> and being willing <laughs> being willing to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um 
Well, first of all, we should just familiarize our audience with you and um, what you do. Um, you do drag, you do pole, you're a general performer. Is yeah. there any other like specific things that I'm missing? You go-go dance sometimes, yeah. I feel like? I, yes? I mean, basically, my life is just like a hype person, I think. Um, I was talking <laughs> with like Suzanne Barch not too long ago. I worked with her and she asked me like, what what is my category? And what came out of my mouth was slutty clown stripper. So that's kind of that's kind of what I am. I'm a slutty clown stripper out in the world to like bring joy and happiness into people's lives. And that's what I get paid to do. <laughs> or I did anyway, uh, up until recently. But yeah. Um, I mean, that is kind of the dream. Oh, yeah. But I guess there is no there there is no uh, like time off money for that. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> There's no. Um, well, I'm sure we're going to get leave. into it. But yeah, I, I uh, got injured <laughs> and I am not I can't do the things that I was doing. And yeah, I'm, because I was freelancing and it was a gig life. Um, I'm kind of mm-hmm. out of the picture in a lot of ways just because I can't I can't walk. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's the rough. That's the dark side of um, the arts and performance specifically. Mm-hmm. Is we we light up the party and make everyone's life better, but um, the second we're not able to do that anymore, we don't have the like safety net that everyone else does. Right. Um, which can be rough. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll we'll get into that and those details in a minute, but. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about like your perspective on mistakes in life as a whole? Um, you don't have to get into any specific stories yet, but just like your take on fucking up. I love mistakes. I, uh, there's a nickname for the kind of mistakes that happen to me. They're called gloge, gloges. G-L-O-W-J. My friend just made that up. He's like, oh, he wanted to call me Gloge. And I'm like, how about Gloge is like a thing that happens because mistakes happen with me (laughs) and it always ends up turning into something kind of cool. So it happens a lot. Like, uh, I want to give you so many examples. Can I give you one really quick? Like a perfect example of a Gloge? you can give examples. So this is an example of a Gloge. I showed up to the latex ball in 2019 or whatever. It was the first time I went to a ball. I was like, okay, well, I'll make a cute look. I made this latex dress uh, myself, and I showed up. I knew the person who was giving out the uh, wristbands, and I got a VIP wristband. So I just like go into the VIP area where Billy Porter is, like people from like you know that world. And I'm like, oh wow, mm-hmm. this is pretty cool. I'm watching the show. People are coming up to me like, are you gonna walk? And I was like, oh my god, I'm not qualified to walk. I'm not, I, this is my first ball. And everyone's like, just do it, just do it. I was like, okay. So I looked at the schedule, and what I saw was open to everybody, Heavenly Bodies, which was the theme, um, was following like women's runway. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna listen for women's runway, and I'm gonna be the first person in line so I can just get it out of the way. I'll be the first to go in my category. So women's runway ends, they announce the next category. I don't really listen because I'm just like, it's me, it's my turn. And I start walking, and then they stop the runway. Jack Mizrahi, like, literally stops the runway. He's like, stop, 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 stop. And he's like, oh my God. are you a prequel? And I'm like, uh, I'm a drag queen. And he's like, 
get off the stage, essentially. And then the other one's like, well, doesn't she look lovely? Give her a hand. And then Jack's like, maybe in another universe. And I walk off the stage. So some applause. But the gloge part is, so that was a mistake, obviously. The gloge part was I was the only drag queen to walk the entire uh, latex ball because they ran out of time for the drag category. They didn't even get to it. So it ended up being in Brooklyn. So oh my I was God. the only drag queen to walk the latex ball 2019. <laughs> <laughs> There's a gloge. Wow. There's a gloge. That is a gloge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A mistake. <laughs> a mistake that turns into something kind of cool. That's that's the idea behind yeah. it. Yeah. Do you um, ever have mistakes in your life that don't turn into something cool? Um, If there are, I honestly can't think of them <laughs> off the top that's of iconic. my head. <laughs> uh, I, that, that actually kind of reminds me of there's like this person on TikTok that keeps showing up on my For You page yeah. and her whole like thing that she's trying to like get out into the universe is that everyone needs to be more delusional. <laughs> um, she's like, you need to like walk out onto like, you need to like walk off of a cliff and expect people to catch you because mm. like if if you do that, people will catch you. <laughs> and like, you know, she means that within reason, of course, yeah. like not literally walk off cliff. <laughs> but, you know, if if you just assume ground will show up under your feet, it usually will. Yeah. And so like even if it's like it seems like an unfortunate circumstance, if you just like have enough delusion to believe that it's going to be it's going to be fine and actually like even better than you thought it was going to be with right. this like hiccup, then like your perspective alone will turn it into a better thing, even if like it wasn't like on paper better you thinking that it is makes it better. I don't know like yeah. if what if I'm like relaying her um, message properly, but it's funny that she's been showing up on my TikTok page like so much in the last like three, two, two, three days specifically. Mm-hmm. And you essentially just sort of like said that that's, um, like you're also just like, well, if if mistakes have turned out to not be cool, I can't think of them. Like you have a similar vibe. I'm not calling you delusional. Oh, no, I'm fully delusional. Sim- That's fine. I've embraced my delusion <laughs> and I've embraced the fact that mistakes happen all the time to me, like on stage or whatever. It's part of my brand. I kind of just acknowledge that and like sell it and embrace it, as I said. And the more you do that, the more you're kind of just accepting of mistakes that come your way. The more you just roll with it, like it's easier. And the more you find out that there are people that are there to catch you and stuff. Like you just got to keep mm-hmm. doing it, you know, and then it becomes like <laughs> you just got to keep messing up. You just got to keep making mistakes. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. yeah, we have a similar brand. Mm. Um, <laughs> hence the name of <laughs> hence the name of our podcast. Yeah. We, we've also decided to just be like, hey, if we make fucking up part of our whole thing, <laughs> We can never truly fuck up. That is it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's part of the fun. That's It's part of the fun. It is. It is. It's also like I just have never been able to like hide the mess mm-hmm. in life that like, you know, there's some people that are able to put on like such a facade of like everything being like put together. And I just have never been able to do that anyway. So I'm like, I might as well just embrace that that attitude the ugly shit too yeah that attitude is way more exhausting like i used to come from a house that was like so spotless the yard was manicured stuff that me and my brother would have to do of course and like 
you know, my, my mom, like it was like an antique, it looked like you're in an antiques dealership in my, my parents' house and you couldn't walk on certain parts of the carpet, you know, couldn't sit on certain couches. Everything had to be so perfect and pristine. We, we went to church every Sunday. Every, the look had to be this certain way. And so I kind of carried that along when I became an adult and like my place was always like super like tidy and manicured. And then it was just exhausting. It was, it was impossible to keep maintain that. And so when I started like messing up, when I realized like you can't, you know, embracing the, I don't know, like the oddities of life or whatever. And now when I see like my, my mom who still struggles to maintain this kind of veneer, it's like, she, I'm just like, mom, you're so tired. Like, just chill out and like relax a little bit. Like coming mm-hmm. 180, like I'm like, oh man, I would never go back to that lifestyle ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, I mean, obviously this is, is not universal, but I think there's something about being queer that helps us let go of a lot of the things that like other people find really important to project mm-hmm. to society because mm. we've already we're already not doing some of the things that we're expected to do and like we're already not presenting how we're supposed to and right. obviously there's some queer queer people that like go the other way where they like make everything else about them super normal so that like being gay is like they're, they're one thing uh-huh. <laughs> right um but those those aren't the gays we hang out with, so, it's, <laughs> so um we won't talk about them we won't worry about them they'll they'll have fun in um in chelsea but yeah. um we'll have fun in bushwick yeah absolutely <laughs> um but yeah i think that like um nika and i were both like openly queer pretty young mm-hmm. um and so at least for us, I think it was like a part. I mean, for I think both of us, we were just kind of undeniably queer pretty young, like whether we wanted to hide it or not. Um, but for both of us, it was like, you know, part of our um, forming of personhood and coming of age was like throwing expectations to the wind anyway. Right. What was your experience with that? Uh, I mean, I came out later. I was in college already. I was like 19 or 20. And I came out before I had any interactions really with, you know, um, queerness. I, I just kind of like, mm-hmm. I re- I came to the realization, you know. But um, that, before coming to that realization, it was just like, I, I was just trying so hard to fit into so many boxes that are I clearly am not uh, supposed to fit into. Like being white, one of them. I grew up in Minnesota. Um, so like that mm-hmm. was part of it. And um to some degree I was able to kind of do that I was able to fake it or whatever and and it it worked for me it was maybe like a self-preservation kind of mentality um but it got me like it allowed me to become popular allowed me to like succeed in in high school in all those ways um by doing that but once I kind of like I think started like getting started doing things for myself um specifically with the arts like I think that really helped just like questioning everything just starting to question everything um, a big one was, was when I was in the Peace Corps. I just had like a lot of time on my hands. I was in Honduras, like kind of right after college, and uh, I just started really like finding appreciation for who I am as a person there. Like everything was cleared away. You know, it was just me and and nature and some some decent pot. So like that that kind of like <laughs> really helped me find myself. Uh, and then when I came back to New York, then it was like a whole nother kind of like chapter of. of, of uh, finding my identity, you know, mm-hmm. um, a big part of that was like finding my identity sexually. So I like started stripping and that was like something I, I just felt like I had to do. I don't know. It was weird. Um, 
And then now, like, fast forward, finding drag, like, that was the ultimate kind of, like, freedom of shackles of society and everything. Uh, and mm-hmm. going back to just, like, being tidy. You can't be tidy with drag, and I've embraced that fully. I'm a prop queen, too, <laughs> and, like, you know, I embrace the mess, and I embrace the mess of life, and I think um, it all kind of, like, just allows your, your yourself to be authentic when it comes down to it. Totally. Are you still in touch with anyone from high school? Like, do you know what people from high school think of your, like, n- whole vibe since this is so post yeah high school these discoveries my I, my high school is a little bit different um like our band kids were like the most popular and like we our, our bowling team was like really good they didn't want to tell anybody but then we kept finding out they like were winning state and like that sort of thing um so <laughs> i was embraced like pretty quickly i don't i was i'm still like one of a very small amount of kids uh in my grade i was the only one that came out like nobody was nobody's out in high school in in my grade and then mm. i was the only one for like a few years and then finally maybe just a spattering but um there's a lot of love like i'm class pre- i was class president so i was supposed to like plan all the oh reunions gosh. and stuff so uh my best friend was vp so she kind of like took the reins cuz i was always like in new york or wherever and um but the the my 20 year they wanted they wanted me back cuz i hadn't been going and they're like you got to come back you're the class president la 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 and so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do like a show, and and everyone's kind of about it. But um, I wanted them to pay me, <laughs> and they didn't want to pay me, so like I didn't end up bringing my drag. But like the idea was out there, and like you know everyone was talking about it and getting excited about it. So that was really cool to kind of have that response. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been pretty neat. I th- I think they see me out here, and they're like proud of proud of me, and and um, our friendships are still there. You know, whenever I go back home, I still I still see them and stuff that's beautiful i love that you were class president oh my gosh (laughs) Uh, mika's also a former politician oh yeah (laughs) i think i caught that on your first episode (laughs) (laughs) yes oh thanks for listening Mm -hmm. um well wow that's all uh i i love interviewing my actual friends for this podcast because i end up finding out shit about them that i would like that have has never come up like Mm -hmm. We hang out. Had no idea you were class president. I love that. I mean, I don't go around um, bragging about being class president from high school. Um, I, I was mean, also homecoming prince, by the way. Oh. <laughs> That's like runner up. That's like uh, alternate king or whatever. But first alternate. Do you still have to like dance with the princess? Um, It was so fucked up. Let me just say this too, because uh, my best friend became homecoming queen, but in homecoming court... Uh, we wanted to walk together. You used to be able to just choose the person you walk with if you're in the court. And she's like a lot taller than me. I'm 5'4", she's like 5'10". And they wouldn't let us walk together. And I was like, we gotta be king and queen and like shake the system. And then she ended up being queen. I was I was prince and stuff. But uh, the, the princess uh, was also taller than me. So it didn't even matter. You failed anyway, <laughs> high school. <laughs> what a weird rule or like... Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, preference or whatever. It's very tender of your high school to hear about height like that. Yeah, they paired me up with the shortest girl, like, when we were walking. It was just kind of bizarre. (laughs) made no sense to me. Ugh, gender roles. Mm -hmm. We've had enough. Very that. Um, So on this podcast, we have this segment that we do every week, um, and we will do 
Nika and I will do in the intro to this episode. So right now we just need your answer to this segment. But okay. um, it's called Mistakes, Keepsakes, and Hot Takes. And it's just from this past week. Um, what's one mistake that you made that, you know, it doesn't have to be that big or like that impactful, but something that um, went not according to plan. Um, one keepsake from the week. So something kind of the opposite of that, something you're like really glad happened or like something that you're um, excited about or that you're like going to take with you for a long time. Um, and one hot take, which is just what it sounds like. Just a opinion or some people do life hacks that they've just learned or whatever from this past week. It does not need to be political. Uh-huh. Um, that's if you want it to be, it can, but people sometimes get scared of the hot take. <laughs> um, all right. And go. Is that how it works? Yeah. And yeah. Go. Yep. Um, okay. And go. <laughs> so uh, wait, how did you phrase it? What was the first thing? Uh, the mistake. Mistake. Mis- mistake. Yeah. Mistake yeah. of the week. Um, I fell down my stairs in my apartment building. Um, you know. Oh, no. Yeah. Like I have a ruptured Achilles. So that's the that's uh-huh. the main issue that I'm dealing with. And I am trying to be good about being healthy and taking care of it. But um, I still want to go out and I have a scooter and I found ways that, that I think I got the approval of like my physical therapist that as long as my leg is kept above like elevated, not putting pressure on it. I have an elevator. My elevator broke. My Uber was already here. I was in a full beat. I was like ready to go. I was like, <laughs> let's go out. Let's get some good energy. That's that's part of my recovery. And then I'm on the fifth floor. I was like, oh my God, like I'm not gonna lose this cab. Like, let's go. And so I started just hopping down the stairs and I immediately, oh. immediately like my giant like raver boot like hits the back end of the ledge and I just tumble oh. forward and I step right on my foot oh. that I'm not supposed to be stepping no. on. And I was like, ah, and then my friend who was with me is like, okay, so we should just go back into the apartment. I was like, no, we are going out. After all this, like, we are going out. If the cab is still there, we are going out. I'm not going to, like, do this for nothing. So, anyway, that oh. was my mistake of the week. Um, have, and then, have there been any repercussions of that? So, my foot, at, when I woke up the next day, it was, like, swollen. Like, my toes were swollen. Yeah. And I hadn't seen that before, actually, ever throughout this injury. So, I was kind of like, oh, fuck. Uh, that's That's obviously in response to what I did. So I called my doctor and and he had me come in and he took a look at it and he actually was like, it looks fine. You're fine. I'm sure there wasn't any damage really. And then he made me like try to move my foot. And I did for the very first time in like over a month. And and he's like, oh, this is really good progress actually. So I actually had good news when I went to the doctor and that is that I'm healing well and and my foot was moving. And so the surgery worked. The surgery worked. I got Classic, that verification. What, what'd you call it again? That's gloge. a glode. Sure. That's a glode. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. How about your keepsake? Uh, keepsake. Okay. So um, I guess that would be the acknowledgement that there's a, there's a cute boy that's staying with me right now. He's kind of living with me. And that kind of happened in the beginning of January before my accident. Uh, he just, I, I needed a place to crash. And I was like, just crash on my couch. Um, only having met him one time before. <laughs> oh, glow job. Anyway, um, he <laughs> is actually pretty great. And there was a moment where I was freaking out. Like, the injury happened and he quit his job, too. So we were just, like, hanging out, like, 24-7 for a solid week. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know this person. Like, now I'm now he's living here and he's showing me, like, watching movies. And the first one he picks is whatever happened to Baby Jane. Like, is he going to murder me? Like, what is happening? And I kind of freaked out. You know, I was freaking out. 
So the full circle moment that I just realized this week is like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. He's like doing so much. He's cooking me meals. I feel like actually like safe with him here. Like I trust him, you know. Um, and so that was cool. That was cool to really kind of like be like, yeah. I actually wrote a gratitude okay. post for him today even. Like I was just like, yeah, he needs to hear thank wow. you for me because this is pretty, pretty great. I'd be alone otherwise, you know, really. You're having a real um, U-Haul lesbian moment, to be honest. He's definitely, he's not going to kill you, but if he does, it'll be so much fun for the media to be able to splice this interview <laughs> and put it in the Netflix documentary. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, they're going to ask us for the like full Zoom recording. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you are U-Hauling it. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> You're having a true, um, this is like very like non-binary capital Q queer of you to mm. be participating in such lesbian culture <laughs> with this cute guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I just, agree. <laughs> I fully agree. I'm, I'm obsessed with telling all the like gay people in my life that they're actually lesbians, like <laughs> on the inside. Oh my God, the amount of times. And I'm not even a lesbian, but I'm yeah. like, am I? I feel like we all are a little bit lesbians and we just don't want to admit it. Like, all of us want to kind of run away to the woods, um, like cottage coring it yeah. with someone we met a week ago, you know? That sounds lovely. <laughs> that really does. That sounds so nice. Um, so what were you about to say? Sorry, I feel like. Oh, I, I forgot off. what I was about to say. What's the third thing? So there's a. Uh, a oh, hot, hot take. Hot take. Um,. Uh, okay, well, the hot take was yesterday I had uh, the staff party, uh, staff, like, dinner for House of Yes, uh, where I work, and um, it was the first time I was, like, invited to be in the staff party, and, like, it's, you know, a tight group of people, and just being there with, um, kind of being out of the picture right now because of my injury, I, I really needed this in a way, and I was uh, privy to just, like, being in this space with just the House of Yes, House of X staff, and there was a dinner, but there was also a show, like, people just put on a show and a lot of people that don't normally perform or that I see like one of my managers did a uh, comedy and I was like I had no idea because he's so serious um, at work um, and then people were like singing that I hadn't heard sing before and the level of talent like on all sides like it just made me think to myself like oh shit like I, I belong in this in this place with these people like if these people are this is the hot take if these people are as awesome and amazing as they are, which they clearly are, and I'm here with them, that means I am too. And that was like so cool <laughs> to kind of like process and like give me yeah. that confidence, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we are often um, like th the people around us are the reflection of us and vice mm -hmm. versa. Um, and that's also up to you. Like, if you're ever like looking around, you're like, damn, these people suck. So I must yeah. suck. Well, like you could also just like find new people, which I've had to do several yeah. times. And have. I've, I finally found, um, my version of that. And maybe not specifically with like a staff in that way, but just like with the people in my life generally, I feel mm -hmm. like, Oh, cool. I actually really like these people. So I must fucking rule. Right. Um, and yeah. It's a cool place to be in. I love that for you. Congrats. Thank you. And you, it's cool. you and the are opposite side of that rad. is the imposter syndrome. And that's like always like, so to have this be as strong as it was, I was like, oh, yes, like shut up. Other thing on the other side. Yeah, totally. I feel like imposter syndrome is kind of like, I don't think that we should ever give into it or listen to it. But I also think that it being there is usually a good sign of like mm -hmm. your ego. 
mm-hmm. being a little bit in check. Yeah. <laughs> like if you have no if you have no imposter syndrome, sometimes it's like, well, maybe you should just a little bit. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should just like sort of uh care about getting better or like aspiring to something more you know just a little bit not you I just mean people who don't have imposter syndrome at all usually they're like straight white guys (laughs) I guess what (laughs) yeah that makes sense that's who I'm dragging Mm. (laughs) (laughs) well great thank you for you really came up with those on the fly and I'm proud of you thank you mistake if if we were to go into your like mistake that you want to share with us you can share just one in like heavy detail or you could share literally all the ones you you sent me or if you thought of anything new during this interview that too if you want to talk about your injury yeah all of that's on board now where we've officially entered the mistake (laughs) story portion i love it (laughs) Well, the the biggest thing that's happened to me most recently is that I ruptured my Achilles. So there's like a couple mistakes that I feel like led to that moment and and has influenced basically like how I'm I'm moving forward from that moment. Um so a year and a half ago, I this is the first mistake I'll kind of touch on. A year and a half ago I got in a motorcycle accident. Um I myself was on my bicycle, but I got hit by a motorcycle. So we're going to call it a motorcycle accident. And I I broke my leg and my clavicle from that. Um, I the mistakes were several. One, I ran a red light. Uh, I also was listening to music, um, which I don't normally mm-hmm. do. But um, I was casting a music video, and he sent me the music that day. And I was like fantasizing. I was literally fantasizing this like amazing music video, and like not paying attention at all. Um, and I got hit by the motorcycle. Oh. Um, but I had like four weeks. I like was like, when can I? When's this music video shooting? And he's like, four weeks. I was like, okay. So I had determination to still be in this music video. And by four weeks time, I did. I was in the music video. I did a little bit of pole dancing. It wasn't like what I wanted to show, but at least I was able to kind of like be on my feet. Like you wouldn't have guessed that I had just broke my leg in my clavicle like four weeks prior. So that was really cool. But what it did was what's it, the like, song? Uh, it's bright light, bright light is the artist, and it's called It's All Right, It's Okay. Um, okay. So go find that on on YouTube. It's a beautiful say, I video. Want the, <laughs> I want the listeners to be able to like see the video in question. But continue. it's about gender identity, and I had just come to understand my like non-binary uh, gender identity like just a few months prior. So I was like, oh my god, this song was written like for me. This is amazing. So I had to be in this music video, um, and I was. And so and you were. <laughs> what happened was though, like I, I healed so fast, um, and I did all the things. Like I did everything my doctor told me. I stopped drinking. I had my witchy friends like cast spells and make me charms and like I reiki acupuncture like everything. <laughs> your your doctor told you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> my doctor told me. Like, yeah. Do you have any witches in your life? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what I'm doing is not going to work that well. But if you have any witches in your life, <laughs> exactly. I actually um, didn't finish med school, so if you know any witches, <laughs> you're going to want to call them. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know which which one of the thing, which one of the many things I did did the trick, but like. Or the combination of all of the above, but um, I seem to the heal doctors quickly. Are like the doctors, <laughs> yeah. all the doctors listening are like, it was the medicine. But for sure. <laughs> have fun with your crystals. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I'm a believer that like intention is like the the um, magic behind most 
health and healing stuff. Obviously, like for serious illness that isn't like curable or whatever. I'm not saying like you should just pray it away. I just no. mean when there is a road to recovery that you're going to heal no matter what. I think your best options are to like in like set as much intention around it as possible. Yeah. So yeah. whether that's with like physical therapy and the meds you're supposed to be taking and or whether it's like Reiki and essential oils as long as you're like focusing on healing I think that's like the most important component of healing so I think even doctors would co-sign getting your witches to cast spells because the person who the person who taught me that about healing was a physical therapist they were like listen Mm -hmm. as long as you're like focusing on it that's like the biggest component Um, it's just getting your body to like really hone in on the injury exactly I'm just I'm giving some medical um affirmation to getting our witches to cast spells on our <laughs> injuries <laughs> but continue it clearly, on your story. it clearly worked it clearly worked and but what it did it, it also made me think to myself i'm a superhero i'm like wolverine <laughs> i can heal like remarkably fast like nothing's gonna stop me my body is amazing it was the first time i really like loved my body like i wasn't in mm. maybe the best shape but i was like, in pretty good shape um at that time and i got into amazing shape over the course of like the next year i really delved into like the physical aspects of my performance and got into pole dancing and more gymnastics and acro and stuff and i was like really stepping up to all these levels and and pitching myself and getting bookings now as like that kind of a performer and I was like loving where it was taking me um without thinking I had any limits at all and I think that's where I that's maybe the mistake I came to uh to find is that I do have, my body does have limits you can't just you know run you know a hundred miles a day without training maybe or something I'm, I'm not one to stretch so like that I'm sure has something to do with it too there was one study I read in Har- from Harvard that said stretching doesn't do anything. So I really latched onto that one study because uh, I just don't <laughs> like stretching. It's like Harvard says. Harvard says. Um, so I snapped my Achilles. My doctor said it was because of an amalgamation of all the things I do. Um, from, you know, duck walking in my pleaser heels, from doing gymnastics, from uh, pole dancing. I was skiing like a couple days before... Um, you know, and then the the final moment was I I play gay dodgeball, uh, or I play dodgeball in a gay league. It's gay dodgeball. And, <laughs> it's gay uh, dodgeball. <laughs> I just lunged forward and it just snapped. I could hear it like an Alyssa Edwards tongue pop right behind my head. It felt Ugh. like it felt. I thought for sure like the basketball net must have like like the 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 whole thing collapsed onto my leg. It felt like Yikes. metal smashing to the back of my my heel. Nothing was there, and I took a step forward and I like fell to the ground. I'm like time out. Ugh. Um, so that was that moment. And in that moment, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was just like, body? Like, come on, body? Like, you're not <laughs> supposed to do that to me? Uh, and then I, like, just saw all the work I had done, like, in the physical aspects of my career just kind of, like, fall away. Because I knew immediately. I knew immediately. I ru- completely snapped my Achilles. Everyone's like, oh, have faith. It's probably not that bad. I was like, no. Like, you can. Mm. I can tell. I know exactly. And that's what it was. It was a a complete and total rupture. My doctor said it was completely shredded and he's like so thankful it was him that put it together because it was a remarkable, he did a remarkable job. I'm like, okay doc, I love hearing that from you. But the recovery time is basically a year before I can like be in heels again, six months or so before I can like walk normal again. Um, I have not been able to put any pressure on, it's been over a month, Um, but next week I'll be able to get a walking boot and start PT and start working on that. But um, you know, completely sidelined me 
and I've had to immediately like refocus. Um, I lost all my work, and um, now I'm in you know this sort of recovery phase uh, with one gig uh, ahead of me, which is uh, coming up uh, on Friday. But like, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's really immediately stopped my life. I'm just at home a lot, getting taken care of, uh, and yeah, things are things are different for sure. It's so interesting that. Um this essentially happened to all of us two years ago in some capacity. We're like, oh, everything is different now with like mm. the pandemic beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, it's only within the last like six months that they're feeling any kind of like real groove again of like, okay, I guess this is like life. And yeah. it's starting to feel like normal in whatever way that that can be possible. Um And I've noticed that a lot of people in different ways are having their own individual, like, just kidding, (laughs) all over again. Like, like, their life just having to, like, start over in some... Yours, I think, is the most, like, tangible. Like, you do very physical performance and you can't be physical while you heal with this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, like, very much a, like, because of this everything is different kind of like switch but it's right. something something is in the air yeah but what i've also noticed is that everyone who's having this happen to them again in some capacity seems like way more equipped to be like okay like what do we do now with this like new information because we're like whether it's trauma or um or resilience or whatever we've all like been through this before do you feel right. how do you feel like on this like round two of having oh, to like yeah a hundred percent um you know COVID happened obviously I lost all my work at that point being in, in nightlife and stuff and th- I, that was the first time I cried in like a decade and I I have a hard time crying I want to cry it just doesn't happen and like I cried really hard really hard that on March fourteenth or whatever when it, like I processed like what you know what am I gonna do now um and then that moment I thought I had just made it finally I was like. Me making it then was having a bazillion jobs, like hustling like 24 hours a day and like stressing myself out. But I was like finally not super behind on bills, even though I had still like $20,000 in debt and stuff. So, um, but I was like, I'm making it. (laughs) And then, you know, that wiped it clean. And then honestly, through the pandemic, I found a new way of living and it ended up being a better way of living. And so um, knowing that I can deal with these like, these hard like curveballs and like finding a way out of it uh on top in a way like that's super encouraging like i almost i I have a ton of faith in like how i'm gonna go through this this one i'm actually excited about this is gonna be the most major glow you've ever seen like for me i'm like (laughs) actually like what is gonna happen i kind of want to get into magic i want to like you know work on my hand balancing i want i don't know there's like so many things gonna happen and i'm actually like excited about it because it's uncharted territory um, and you know, my whole perspective is like that's when you learn the most about yourself and the world and stuff. Yeah. So um, that's totally. bound to happen. It's bound to happen. And and going back to just like for everybody, I think I think that's necessary. We we shouldn't be going back to where we were. Like that, we can all acknowledge that. I think we all know that that shouldn't totally. be happening. Um, so if you need to be slapped on the face a little bit to get that message across, like <laughs> slap me, <laughs> slap me, daddy. If you need to snap a little Achilles heel to. <laughs> have to reevaluate again yeah Um, and for it to be a year like this recovery is one of the longest recoveries you can have 
um, a, t- a tendon tear and like the Achilles specifically, it's the biggest one. And so it's a, it's a year and like, I'm not going to push it. I'm in no rush to like, I don't want to injure myself again. Um, mm-hmm. and if it was something else, I might've, I might want to rush it. I might be like, okay, let me get back in the game. But like, this is a solid year and I'm going to respect that. You should get into stand up. Um, I try. I thought I was gonna. I really wanted to at one point, and then I, I like was on the mic at like a drag thing. I was host co-hosting, and I like wrote out some bits and like <laughs> I bombed so hard. I bombed. Oh so yeah, hard. it's I hard. Know. I listen. I never ever tell people they should get into stand up. Like I actually, it's usually if I say it at all, it's a joke because as much as I love it and I've spent my, I've dedicated my so far adult life to it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just like a very difficult, brutal art form. And the, the people that are drawn to it can be, um, you know, kind of masochistic, obviously, yeah. if you're like, if you like that. <laughs> so it's like not a community I really recommend, like really immersing oneself in because it's <laughs> like, it's just like a lot of like troubled people. However, <laughs> um, just even just talking to you right now and how like animated and well-spoken you are as like just a like storyteller i don't know maybe not stand up maybe storytelling i just think that, yeah like, i feel like i'm more of a storyteller um yeah let me just say this really quick uh so basil he's the guy that's staying with me there was um when i like flipped out a little bit there was a second time i kind of flipped out i was like wait a minute again um and it was because <laughs> i was telling a story and it was a really good story that's tried and true i've told it a bunch of times and he was like not paying attention to me and i was like wait <laughs> like i and it totally shook my confidence so hard i was like wait i know this is a good story he's like get to the point man i was like what no this is important information so yeah i don't know if i'm equipped to be like a stand-up comedian or even a storyteller like on stage necessarily like if someone doesn't like, I can do it for friends. Um, maybe that's the uh-huh. approach I need to take if I'm on stage. Like, just pretend like I'm talking to my friends or, like, fill the audience with my friends. And then it might be successful. But, um, oof. Like, someone not liking my story. Or my mother. She doesn't listen, you know? And I'm just like, it's ah, tough. I can't even talk it to you. It's tough. I mean, yeah, it's tough. But I, I I, guess I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, Nika. But, like, I think there's something about once, once you're kind of, like, addicted to stand-up or, like... Mm-hmm just realize that like once you've had your first really good set like and people are like laughing every time you want them to laugh and you're like ooh, like this feels good um the bombing even though it's brutal every time after you've done well you're just now more like "Mm, but i'm like i know i can do it so i'm gonna like get them back yeah Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just need like a couple experiences of it going really well for the bombing uh-huh. to not like be as um devastating because yeah. you're you have this like you know, you know that you can do it. So it's almost like a new challenge where you're like, yeah. I'll, I'll get you back. And if you yeah, if you're a good storyteller with your friends, that's like the easiest way to Yo, um, that's like that's literally like about the mistakes thing too. Like you just got to embrace the mistakes and they get easier like the more they happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just got to see bombing as another gloge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't have to you don't have to do stand up. I would never wish that on anybody. I'm just thinking <laughs> of, you know. Well, now that I don't have other... a leg, an operable leg, it's it's actually like something maybe I could explore. Why not? I can People, do it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, physically, I can do it. I'm thinking just from the perspective of another person who likes to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a perform. I, I'm a performer that's not physical at all, you know? So I'm just thinking mm-hmm. of like, now that you are on this recovery road, 
I happen to do something that I know for a fact you could very easily really delve into um, without cool. dealing with your um, injury at all in the performance. You know what I mean? Oh, and I also, like, I so I had a broken leg when I, um, it, within the first year I started doing stand-up, I broke my leg. Um not as dramatic of a story as your motorcycle story. I, you got hit by a motorcycle. I got hit by a dog. An eighty-pound pit bull <laughs> ran into my knee and broke my knee. Um, uh, it was really was sad. Was the dog okay? No, I'm just kidding. The, <laughs> the dog didn't flinch. <laughs> just kept <laughs> running. Um, but so I know what it's like to perform with um, a like visible injury as well where mm-hmm. you kind of have to address it to the audience. And that's always really fun because you can come up with little jokes as to like why you have the injury. Yeah. I used to do like little misdirects where I'm like, I know what you're all thinking. You, you're all asking the same question. Am I a natural blonde? You know, when obviously like I just like had a huge cast on my <laughs> leg and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff can be fun. And especially when you're new with stand up, it can be fun to like have a thing to no pun intended no pun intended kind of lean on like Got have you. the thing that you're like this is the thing you're you can see it so I'll do jokes about that and you don't even have to dive into your like life and perspective quite yet anyway you know I feel like I'm I'm kind of uh, testing that out with like hookups like I'm still hooking up with other people <laughs> and stuff and like uh-huh. the leg it's like it's a because I've noticed when I bring up the leg I'll bring up the leg in conversation before I meet them on the on the apps or whatever and uh it's literally like 25% of the time that ends the conversation like they'll just like stop talking to me or they'll ghost me or they'll flat out block me and I'm like so I'm like okay so should I like not talk about my leg so then I started trying that out and like you know, uh, this one guy was like, I was like, surprise. I'm like, I was at my scooter, like, like hiding behind the door. And then I scoot out. I'm like, surprise. Oh and like, he like surprises, like surprises. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, that's been fascinating. Like being in this condition and kind of navigating a whole new, uh, you know, way of, uh, of being and interacting with people. Like there's definitely an, there's an, there's an attitude. There's a, <laughs> there's a shift that's happening. Well, yeah, I found it to be incredibly um, enlightening as to how the the culture treats physically disabled people. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a temporary disability I have right now, and people like won't make eye contact with me because they are like they don't know how to interact with somebody on crutches. And I'm yeah. like, oh, do I do that to people that like right. just are in a wheelchair or like have like permanent walking assistance? Um, right. You know like mobility um tools and stuff like it's it was a great opportunity to look inward in that way um Mm -hmm. because yeah you're right people like if people are blocking you for just like having an achilles injury they're probably not being a whole lot kinder to people with permanent injuries and disabilities right you know Um, right or they see it as like they see it as uh a negative for right. whatever reason for them. I can still put my legs up over my head. I can still like I can still The doctor do said the doctor said that as long as the witches say it's okay, I can put my, my leg over my head. Um was there any other mistake you wanted to talk about? You don't have to. Um hmm um well, I mean, the other thing that I mentioned on the thing, I, I mean, I've kind of talked about uh, that about Basil, my friend who's staying here with me now. But like, the, I my one of my best friends um, 
he moved um moved to another country he's now in spain he was like kind of bouncing around but i had this like giant like space in my friend orb and um and i'm just so i don't know like I, it's easy for me to meet people as an adult and make friends and stuff i'm pretty friendly um and and that space just got filled really quick by uh, a person and we were hard like friends super fast and then we were we were our covid friends like that happened and all of a sudden we were even more tight and then um, then I got my first injury, the accident, and he he was the one who actually took care of me a little bit. And then it got sticky because I had like other friends coming. And then, long story short, this person and another person who I was kind of crushing after and who had come over and like gave me sponge baths and it was like romantic and all this stuff. Him and him uh, fucked in my living room and literally pushed me into the bedroom and like had sex and I could hear the whole thing and I couldn't get out of bed and I was like what is happening I was like what is happening um and so like it kind of like changed that friendship yeah it was a little weird um and like we had the conversations (laughs) afterwards about like I think that was weird but like I thought I was overreacting to having emotions um as I was trying to process it and anyway this friend um had a hard time understanding my perspective and I was just like okay I can't be friends with you if you think that's okay like, that's just not how I roll. If that's how you're going to yeah. do it, then, like, that's on you. So, like, that friendship just, like, devol- like just devolved. And then um, he ended up ghosting me, uh, which, like, was like, what? I was so confused about it. So then that space was open again. And then it happened again with another person who ended up stealing from me and, like, kind of taking advantage of the situation I was in. And I, I kind of saw the red flags all around me, but I was kind of, like, hopeful because he was such a cool person to hang around with. Um, and so then, again that space is open and I'm like a part of me is like you know uh I don't want this to happen again you know what I mean and so um nothing I mean I'm not nothing like so he stole some money and like he got my dress and my other friend just goes to me whatever nothing like permanent damage uh and yeah I don't know I my very first boyfriend too was um emotionally abusive to me and even like a little bit physically abusive I was with him for four years i I would like to think my track record's gotten better <laughs> like the, the time timeline is shrinking so like if it does happen it'll it won't last as long you know what I mean yeah um but yeah it's it's i i when I find myself allowing people into my life so quickly uh i i have a little bit of pause like the slightest bit of pause after the fact like after it's already like oh they're like fully fully my life um i don't want to say anything about basil like being that but the thought crossed my mind because i had just gone through these other relationships you know what i mean right well i think having pause is um a sign of like growth and like um you don't want to like you're aware of the you're aware of the mistakes you've made so you're trying not to repeat patterns which is like a good thing yeah yeah um, but i mean nika and i can relate to that we both have oh absolutely we have histories of um having codependent friendships that uh end in chaos mm-hmm. and we've mm. had to do check-ins with our own friendship because of us um both having that in our history yep but i think the thing that makes our friendship different is the fact that we are making sure to not do it again yeah we're keeping track of our own patterns and of our boundaries and respecting each other's boundaries um so i think you're like on the right track if you're in the in the phase of like recognizing the pattern and trying to check it you know yeah but I don't think I it's agree. a bad thing to let people into your life. Like having an open heart and like 
wanting people in your life is a good thing um mm -hmm. i don't think like i don't think the lesson to be learned is to like not let people in or to like right you know i think the lesson honestly for both of those people it sounds like they're the ones that need to learn more lessons than you do but um you just need to like have your own back a little bit more maybe like yeah. you know establish boundaries um be for your, your own, own best sake friend. be your own best friend and you'll be a better oh, friend to the friends around you um and lovers and whoever else you know the people yeah. that we mm -hmm. that we let in but i completely relate we're we are both big open-hearted girlies as well who yeah. like mm -hmm. let people in and get hurt <laughs> yeah but, but also I like I, I think something i've learned is like to trust that that voice that that maybe like you might hear from inside like um but my first friend when when he was like i don't understand what you're saying like i don't agree i would have i would have given you lube um i was like <laughs> um like i was like no you know what i mean I was yeah. like, mm. at first i was like questioning but i was like no and then my second friend the second like i was like oh he is like actually taking advantage of me it has to end right now and like i just like immediately you know what i mean and so totally. like, i feel like i i am at a point where i i do like trust that voice yeah, I do it let sounds... it slide. I want to give people a chance, but like, you know, I, I it's it's there. Totally. Um, it sounds to me like the fact that both of those friendships, um, like those connections you were able to like cut off when you needed to is like the main skill that a lot of people lack. Like you were able to like, you know, actually I don't deserve to be treated this way, or actually like I I mm. somebody recently I read something maybe it was like a tweet or like an Instagram graphic that was like boundaries are more than you um, asking other people to treat you a certain way. Boundaries mm -hmm. are you, um, you deciding when, when you're being treated wrong. Like something about like how rather than being like, Hey, can you not do this anymore? You're actually the one who like you set the boundaries by how your interaction with that yeah. person. Um, yeah. so like when that person does something wrong, you can communicate that, but now it's also on you to like interact with them differently, whether it means, you know, cutting them off or just not trusting them with the same things anymore. Um, and obviously trust can be rebuilt in certain situations, but like, it's more than just, um, like just so you know, my boundaries are this, this, and this, like you need to also right. follow up on those boundaries and like cut people off when they keep crossing them or um yeah and they don't respect they don't respect those boundaries exactly so i think that you're actually doing great to be honest because you did that in both cases yeah good point a lot of people are <laughs> just still friends with the people that have fucked them over and have disrespected their boundaries you know like yeah. that would be the mistake um, right yeah okay yeah cool moral of the story Any um, conclusions, morals of the stories? I love Gloge. Can I we do like? Too. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, we might start. Shout out! Shout out to my friend, uh, my friend Jay White, who he he wants me to that to be my name. I'm like, no, it's Glow Job. It's going to be Glow Job. Like that's my brand. And he's like, okay, well then Gloge. But he's the one that came up with it. So shout out to Jay White. Well, yeah. If you're ever on like Drag Race or something, you can start like you can make that like your little like you know zinger like oh that's a yeah. that's a gloge that's a gloge yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i guess you don't need to be on tv to make it your thing um but 
I'm just saying that's usually yeah. Like you know, the that's real, okay. We can project. We can project <laughs> the Real Housewives like little um, saying that they all have in the opening right. credits. Yours is like, "Oops, that's a gloge or whatever." <laughs> <laughs> Let's start taking bets. Is glow job going to get on Real Housewives or Drag Race first? <laughs> it's going to be one or mm. one of the two. <laughs> one of the two, or Survivor. Oh, do you want to do Survivor? I could, yeah, I actually got called back uh, one season. I could absolutely. That's why they started growing my that. hair out because someone from casting was like, "You, you could probably grow your hair out, and that you'd make you more interesting." I was like, "Well, I've done that before, so let's go for it." Oh my god, um, yes, you would be I amazing know. on Survivor. You would be an audience I favorite because so you're like so positive. <sighs> Thanks. Yeah, and I, I can rough it too. Honestly, I mean, I all believe those, it. All those people are babies. <laughs> babies. I can handle it. I can handle it. <laughs> um. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I know oh, yeah. the show this Friday that Absolutely, you're hosting and that I'm on, not to brag. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's called Boing. Uh, and it is a show at House of Yes that um, Anya and I, the other Anya, House of Yes is Anya, um, and I are, are putting together, producing. And basically, you know, I'm out of out of work for a long time. My, my House of Yes family has come together to to allow me to produce this show that is basically a fundraiser to kind of get me through this time so I can kind of focus on my recovery and not have to like worry about hustling for, for money and, and work um, and really just take the time to be off my feet. But um, I'm producing this show and it's amazing. All my friends are stepping up. I'm like so honored because the level of talent in this show is top level, like insane. We have like burlesque, we have like Lyra, Lola Von Rocks, Joshua Dean, Doing silks, Daniel Darling doing the crazy pole. Oh, I probably shouldn't be giving all the all this the secrets, but we have like <laughs> major talent. It's basically like uh, it's it's you're going inside my mind. Anya's like, what do you want to? How do you want to do this? What do you want to do? And I I basically said, you know, my brand's a um, slutty clown stripper. So that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see the we're gonna enter the clown town of my brain on the wrong side of the tracks where there's a strip club, where there's a tattoo parlor, live tattoos happening, get one. Um, there's uh, stupid carnival games, there's like naughty balloon sculptures, and then clown strippers everywhere. Um, it's gonna be amazing. So it's this Friday, that's March 4th, at the House of Yes, doors open at 6.30, there are gonna be shows immediately at 6.30, the main show starts at 7.30, goes till 10 o'clock, boyish DJing. It's gonna be a freaking good time. Honestly, and if this were a show, a ticketed show, like for real, because it's just suggested donation. If you can't afford it, just roll on through. We just want people there, especially our queer family. But if you um, want to donate, we will gladly take a donation. <sighs> but like, if this was ticketed, like these tickets would be like seventy five dollars, oh, one hundred dollars so for the level of talent that we have. Yeah, yeah, it's an insane, insane involved. lineup. Thank you so much for including me. By the way, I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're part of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> just what we need. We will also, you have like a GoFundMe going, right? Or a friend set a GoFundMe up for you? I do, yeah. My uh, Another friend set up a GoFundMe. Um, I mean, I think it's just Gloja. Uh, uh, we'll we'll, link, it the, yeah. we'll <clears throat> link it in the description. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But let's get this, let's get this performer on the healing road, um, stress-free, um, 
So, yeah, now everyone's heard your sob story. They have no choice. <laughs> they have no choice but to ca- cast more spells, please. My yes, direction. Yeah, cast some spells <laughs> in the form of some cold, hard cash in that GoFundMe. <laughs> there um, it is. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for doing this and yeah, for taking this time. I know that you're really busy with this show coming up on Friday. So I'm um, really grateful for you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. Such thank a fun you so interview. Much. This was super fun. It's good seeing you both and talking to you both. And yeah, it's good to see you too. Good to see you too. (laughs) 